Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry, And Kyle Powell. Yeah, that's right. We got Kyle Powell back. He's back. So, Kyle, we, I remember what, I did, what we did on Monday. Before we started recording, Kyle and I were having a discussion and uh, doing a little prep, and I was like, I completely forgot what we did on Monday. We like we just kind of jerked around. No, we were discussing what is a vacation. Well, yeah, we did. <laughs> With the requisite amount of days for it to be a vacation. That's what that was. What we ended up on. What was your conclusion? Um, it's got to be three days minimum, and you have to leave the area that you okay. live in. Well, then, did mine suffice? Yes, you were okay, gone good. for a week. Yeah. You were gone for. We were gone for. A you week. were gone for two podcasts worth of days. We were gone for a really long time. I didn't know what to do, man. <laughs> we didn't have our three up, three down. So well, rest assured, we'll have it today. Yes, we will. I could see a whole big old piece of paper with everything on that that you need, and also coming up today. Yeah, we don't have any guests, but uh, <laughs> but we do have Kyle back and. Kyle, you've, you've missed a decent amount of things. There was a certain thing that happened. and uh, Let me rack my brain on what could have possibly happened. I know you were on vacation, but I'm pretty sure you've got this. week or so. I think it's, it's something to do with Buffalo, right? Yes. I think. Mm. Frank, help me out here. What, what seemed to have transpired? Billy Buffalo got dropped, right? That's what it was. Right? I mean, uh, that probably did happen. No, that would be news if it happened. <laughs> it wasn't. Ass- mascot gets assaulted would be the headline. Yeah. Come on, what happened? It wasn't Jacques Martin, was it? It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay, no. good. I'm on the right path. You're Let's on the see. right path. Let's see. What what news broke? Oh! Right. There we go. I was going to say, all right, the bit's played out. Let's go. Yeah, hang on. OTA? Nope, not OTAs. <laughs> The bit's not the bit's not over. Oh yes, it was it was it was Mr. Barhopper himself. Ah yes, there you go, Ralph Kruger. Yes, is the coach joined forces? Yes, signed on the dotted line. So, what do you think of the former Oilers and Team Europe coach? I like it. I, I, I like the idea. I think with what you had left after some of the coaches joined some teams, I think this is a good a good hire. Uh, in terms of what he'll get out of the players, no matter what the roster looks like, I think he's a good player coach in terms, as opposed to like a systems coach, like buy into me, or you're gonna fall by the wayside. I think he, I think Square from what I've read, hole, Phil Housley looking at you. I think from what I've read, um, during my during my time away, uh, trying to catch up and keep tabs with what has been happening, I feel like um he'll he'll be a guy that can get a lot out of this roster and will really appeal to a lot of individual individuals on the team and that's, really right that's the hope that's the hope that's the hope 
And I think that's how you coach effectively today. Yeah. It's oh, a lot of yeah, one-on-one. It's, it's a completely different coaching style you game. you got different personas, personalities, ago. reputations, yeah. rookies, veterans, prospects, X, Y, Z. you got to appeal to a lot of different masses, and I think Kruger's going to do that very effectively. And I'm looking forward to what the season will bring. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the this team does here. I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on that, seeing as how you you missed you missed the big thing. You might I might as well get you a chance to weigh in on it because I'm not going to go ahead and recycle Thursday's podcast. We had a nice conversation with Jeff Chapman about Ralph Kruger. If you missed that, well, hey, when you're you're listening to this episode, therefore it's the one right below it, and you can listen to our conversation with Jeff Chapman of SB Nation in Copper and Blue, writing for the Oilers on Ralph Kruger. I saw the video that surfaced, too, of the uh, locker room conversation he had when he was last coaching the Oilers. Yeah. I, I will still say, there are, there, are, there, are, there are fans like that kind of ruin things for everyone sort of thing. Of course. If Ralph Kruger really did go to the bars to talk to everyone, and I'm sure he did, I'm really just hoping he didn't run into a uh, I need my grit guy. That's right. <laughs> I'm sure he did. If he ran into that guy, I don't know if he signs here. <laughs> You'd have to ask him yourself. We'll get in contact with Sabres PR department there, I guess. <laughs> Because I really want to ask the question, how many of the people that you interviewed, Ralph, like I'll, I would totally what ask did, this off what the record. I would ask this off the record. To? I would say this off the record be like, uh, all right, so coach, how many people did you uh, talk to that uh, wanted to re-sign Pat Coletta and get a bunch of fighters for this team on the fourth line? <laughs> and I, I don't need to report his answer. I just want to know. Yeah. I just want to know. Because anytime you mention something on Twitter or we screen calls and it's there's always at least two people that call a show and it's like, hey, we need more grit. No, you just need to score goals. It's kind of what happens. Kind of how the game works. Mm-hmm. Ugh. All right. But the big, the big check mark is done. Ralph Kruger is hired. That's over with. The next big thing, though, is, well... You have a pending free agent that really scored 40 one. goals. What's your confidence that we get a deal done here with Jeff Skinner? Uh, I'm still very confident that they'll get the deal done. There's been no nothing reported that it wouldn't, that there's an impasse or – that there's tension. Or well, that there's even other teams. Well, that that's really going to come. Num- I understand that's going to come closer later. to July. That's going to come later. Like, af- right, a- cause right, right after the right draft. Right now, that would be that- actual tampering. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. after the draft is that tampering period. Legal tampering. The legal tampering period. Which yes. is the dumbest term ever. Sure. But, so we're not going to hear anything until around the draft, which is still a month away. So, as of right, but as of right now, there's been nothing negative being reported on the negotiations. 
I know. I just so that's got me. That still got me feeling good, and I think what what it's mostly about. I think it's mostly term that they're working towards. Yeah, I don't know. How, I I might it might be it's might, maybe term is a little more further apart than money is. I don't know. I don't remember the last what was last said. But I just I just it, want something. I want some. I want to hear something about tangible progress. But the good news that you can say out of this is, well, you heard nothing about the Sabers and Ralph Kruger until two days before he was hired. That's true. Plus, obviously, Bottrell's still busy with Team Canada. We did say, though, that this is going to be something where I sense that Skinner's going to turn into a Steve Stamco situation where he signs, like, 12 hours before the deadline. Like, during that tampering period. I can see that. Like, everyone's going to be like, oh, great, they lost in the free agency, fire Bottrell. And then the next thing you know, they're like, Wait, lol, just kidding, we got him. <laughs> Wait, he re-signed? Oh. Why you got to do that to us? Yeah. Like, I... I, I I always saw that coming, but at the same time, I can still see it. I happening. don't want that to be right. At the end of the day, we've endured enough throughout the season. At the end of the day, it does not matter when you sign him, sign him. If you're gonna, if you are gonna re-sign him, do it. The sooner the the sooner the better. Yes. Yeah. But what's the difference between him signing tomorrow? Versus him signing June twenty sixth. Yeah. Not much. It's not much. Yeah. It's just more stressful on fans, and that does not go into negotiations. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter. It's just a matter of if it still feels like it's not a matter of if he signs. It's a matter of just when it ha- when it's when it happens. Yeah, that's true. Like I said. I suspect that it's something that's going to end that way where, like, we're going to be biting nails and just, yeah. like, come on, what are we – like, what's going on here? I see that happening, oh, yet I still think that he's going to end up signing with the team. Of course. But I am growing less confident by the day. It's just natural to think that way. I would – my confidence would start to go down once the tampering period starts. I think I'm at, like, I'm at an 88% chance it still gets done. That's specific, so you've done your homework. <laughs> because it's very specific. because as the time passes, it's I'm feeling less confident, but I'm still rather confident that they get him resigned. Jeremy White tweeted this morning via Evolving Wild the latest contract projection for Skinner was around eight years, sixty eight, which goes out to eight and a half. Oh, that's yeah, what, that makes that's sense. a comparable to what winger Jamie Ben Ben is. What did Mark Stone get? Nine and a half. Oh yeah, Ben is also at like. Nine. Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Well, Taylor Hall is at six right now, but he he's a free agent next year. Okay. So this Ooh. so Skinner's contract is going to impact what he's going to make next year. So then you're right. I the don't know about recent... that. I think uh, I think Taylor Hall is in a we're, different we're class. Just, we're, well, we're talking like scoring wingers, and I think Mark around Stone, the same age. I think Mark Stone put that. Uh... Well, I'm not talking like comparing the players. I'm talking they both play similar. They will play pretty much same style. And their age is right around is very similar to where when they are free age when when they are UFAs. Well, then that's the latest. Like that's why I compare Skinner and Kane and Evander Kane so much. All right, and Mark Stone. All right, well, I agree with that. I think Skinner's 
what Skinner offers you on the ice is a lot more comparable to Evander Kane than it is for Mark Stone. I think Mark Stone gives you way more. Yeah. So that's 76 oh, yeah. over eight years, I think, is something you work down from. He's getting. He's gonna. It's gonna be somewhere and in the between. We know Sabres between, are gonna Evander I mean, Kane's gonna be, forty-nine, yeah. seven and seven, yeah. and Stone seventy-six. I've been saying this whole. I've been saying the whole season. Skinner's gonna get more than what Kane got last summer, but he's gonna get less than what Mark Stone is gonna make. And Mark Stone got nine and a half, so it's gonna be somewhere in that in between. If it ends up being eight and a half, fantastic, make it happen. So, guys. I'm looking at everything with the team's cap numbers. Okay. First off, the Sabres are totally going to end up having to give a first-round pick to get rid of Kyle Oposo's deal. Which I think at this point is fine. I know. I just don't want to have to give up a first-round pick to an expansion team. It's going to hurt, okay? It's going to hurt. But the other thing I'm noticing, though, is that there It depends. It could be a first-round pick or it could be a prospect. I know. But there is a grand total of five NHLers on the Sabres roster that are signed through 2021. Yeah. Wait, let's go. Jack Eichel. Duh. Duh. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Simply yes would have sufficed Duh. through 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Ristolainen? Yep. We just said his, said his name. We did Kalik Poso. Yep. Sam Reinhardt take him through 2021? No. Through 2020? It's kind of up after, after next, next year. Up next year. So 2020. All right. Two more. Um, Where are you cheating? What the hell? Is Darlene's entry level through 2021? Yep. So that's four? That's four. Um, Come on. Come on. Come on. It's probably another bad one, isn't it? No. No? Yeah. It's the final year of this contract. The player turns 36 years old at the end of 2021. Ooh. Okay. This is bad podcasting that I'm sitting here offering nothing. Yeah, I know. So just (laughs) give it to me. It's not a forward. It's not a forward. I don't think Scandella is that old. No. He is that old. No, he's not that old. The only one that actually comes closer to the comes close to this player's age is Matt Hunwick, and Hunwick's only through the rest of this year. It's Carter Hutton. I was tentative to say a goalie, but yeah, that makes sense. It was three years. Okay, yeah, that's the five players signed through twenty twenty one. You know what? Let's play a game. Oh boy, we're gonna play a game. Oh god, off the this is off the cuff. Okay, you ready? Let's do it. At the end of next year, mm-hmm. there is an expansion draft, right? Yes. Let's name let's name eight. Eight protectees? Yes, eight protectees. I'm looking at it right now. Why not, right? Okay. So I think Eichel and Reinhardt are your pretty easy ones there. Yep. And Skinner, if he's signed, is an easy yep. player to go with as well. Put I'm not gonna face. I'm not gonna go with the uh the seven three one here. I'm just gonna do eight because I'm eight. lazy. Yeah. Um I think Casey Middlestat will have to qualify, therefore he will be grabbed as a uh protectee. So we got three and a half right now. I got an asterisk next to Skins. We'll we'll talk about this, but Fair. the spot for Skinner, whether it's Skinner or not, is protected for me. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Darlene probably will qual. No, actually, he'll only be in two seasons. Eichel yeah, and so Reinhardt. I don't think he yeah. would qualify then. Yeah. 
Middlestead did get those extra seven games. I don't know if he'll qualify. Middlestead would have two full seasons and then those and seven, seven games. games. So he might. He I might think qualify. he would need to be protected. Yeah. So we got four. Yeah. And then Ristol, uh, and would you? I have a question. Mark I would him if he's here. If yeah. he's here, I would say his spot is okay. protected because they might try to find someone to replace him there. That sort of thing. So five. If he's brought back on a longer term, I'd keep Jake McCabe around. Brandon Montour. That's, so that's four. That's to, right. That'd be four defensemen, four defensemen, four forwards. And then yeah. you have to keep a goalie, obviously, too. Yeah. And that's but the Solmark. Yeah. And the major ones that you're kind of leaving off on this, I don't know if Alex Nylander is valuable enough that they'll keep him off. And if he's even eligible. He may not even be here. We don't know that. Exactly. And the other one would be Tage Thompson has not played two full seasons after signing his contract, so we should be fine there. Likely, yes. And then there's also Evan Rodriguez, which not bad. Yeah. But if you're enticing a team to take Kyle Oposo's contract and dangling a first-round pick over their heads, uh, maybe you actually have a better shot at that. Yeah. But, yeah. There you go. There's our there's our eight off the cuff for an expansion, mini expansion draft talk right there. I think you could definitely get Seattle to go for that, especially since they have to reach a floor. Yes, that's a good start. But there's going to be a lot of teams that have similar quote air quotes around good start. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be offering that sort that, of thing because yeah, of the that twenty what was it the 2015, 2016 or twenty fifteen free agent class? When was 16. it? Sixteen. Sixteen. Lucic, Chuck Poso. Yeah. All those teams that signed those deals are going to be like, Seattle, we need your help. Yeah. And the next thing you know, Seattle's going to have a Vegas-like start to their friggin' franchise because teams signed some stupid contracts. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Russell was in that class. There's mm-hmm. some really, really David Backus, yep. if he doesn't retire. Yeah. Andrew Ladd. <laughs> oh, man. Where the Islanders saved like $900,000 off of a Poso. But that was all the same year. Mm-hmm. All because Steve Stamko stayed with the Lightning. Yep. I mean, it would have happened anyway, but still. <laughs> there was one other player that would have stayed on the books through 2021, by the way. You wouldn't have protected him if he didn't retire on you in Patrick Berglund. Oof. There you go. There's your fun facts there for the day. Huh. <laughs> All right, so I mentioned something about Jeff Skinner, and I said that his spot is a guaranteed protection. Because first off, if the Sabres let a top six winger go without replacing him, well, they're uh, naive or overconfident again. And I think they might have learned their lesson on Casey Middlestat. And the reason I mention it is because... TSN's trade bait is out for the spring. Their list of what they perceive to be the top trade candidates for this offseason. And numero uno on the list is a man that loves his hot dogs. Three years left on a contract at $6.8 million per season. Phil Kessel of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Two-time Stanley Cup champion Phil Kessel. Yes. Guys. If Skinner walks for nothing and is gone, do you think the Sabres make a deal for Kessel? 
And should they make a deal for Kessel in this scenario? The answer of should they would be very much so because Phil Kessel is a great player. And he could he would provide that scoring that Jeff Skinner would be leaving. The problem is, what's the price? What are you giving up? And that's the downside. Because you're going to easily see. I could easily see Pittsburgh taking Tage Thompson and the San Jose first. Oh wow! Really, okay, I could, I could see that for Kessel. Seems low. That does seem low. May have to it may have to go up to Nylander then if Pittsburgh says that's too low. Oh no! Twist my arm. Pittsburgh's going to want a young forward. Oh, I know. I'm just saying and Nylander, a Nylander and a first round pick. Thompson to Nylander. I'm not really losing much there. A young forward or a defenseman? I think they will go for a forward because they're going to need to fill that roster spot. Because Kyle and I were talking about something else uh, while preparing for the show. What? What about Rasmus Ristolainen? I don't see it because they already Pittsburgh... have six. De- they they have def- They already have six defensemen under contract for next season already. Yes, with but... Lois being Jack Johnson, like so. Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh right now has more of a need for forwards. I know, but here's the interesting and angle on they this. want they're going to want the cheap ones. Kyle mentions though that a younger defenseman for this team might be what Pittsburgh might want. And here are the ages of the players in Pittsburgh. Rasmus Ristolainen is 24. Yeah. He would become their second youngest defenseman on their NHL roster right now. Marcus Patterson would be the younger one at 23. And they just have to re-sign him. Yeah. And they have to re-sign Patterson. But that's it. But then you're out. Then Rasmus Ristolainen also- is their second youngest defenseman, locked up on a longer-term contract, and then you can maybe... Try to get somebody to help you get rid of Eric Goodbranson or Jack Johnson. I still can't believe they signed Jack Johnson to that contract. I think in a year or two as well, if that trade goes down, ready? he becomes Here's, their... Here I it think is, if Pitts... Letang, 32. Johnson, 32. Justin Schultz, only one more year left on his deal. Dumoulin, 27. Mata, 24. Eric Goodbranson is a 27-year-old pylon. I think the only way Pittsburgh would trade for a defenseman is if they try to move for Ole Mata. Why would they move Oli Mata? I would rather he's they been, try to move Erica Branson. Un, he's been underwhelming for them. I know, Erica Branson, Jack Johnson. Yes, absolutely. But Pittsburgh just signed Jack Johnson last summer. They're not going to get because, rid of him right They're not They're not going to get rid of him right away. You you say Jim, this. I and they just traded for Erica Branson. Look, Ottawa can give you the world right now. This is true. <laughs> I'm not debating that. But Olimato was expected on them to be a, a good top four defenseman. And since he signed his contract, he's been injured and underwhelming. At least with Gabranson and Johnson, they could just place them in their bottom six. On the bottom pair there. I just think they feel yeah. a lot more comfortable dealing away an older forward with what they have coming in the wings. Because we forget Jake Gensel scored 40 goals. Mm-hmm. And, and he's it, still in his mid-20s. Jared McCann is 22 coming over in the Derek Broussard trade. Yep. Nick Bukestad, mid-20s. A 26, yeah. You Bukestad's could put on the second or third yeah. line. Gensel's 24. Actually, third line. He's going to play center. He's still got Malkin and Crosby for yeah. 
But I just think that angle, I think they'd be more inclined to listen to especially a right-handed shot in his mid-20s, low-20s. Still, Rasmus goes to the line, it feels like he's 30, still 24. And his side to become the, To become the predecessor to who they've had leading their power play units for a decade now in Crystal Tang. He's not getting any younger. He has injuries. And he's 32. He showed his age this year. Is he going to be Chris Letang? I'm not guaranteeing that for Pittsburgh, but you got to start somewhere. If you want to reshape now, that defense. But the question is, yeah, I agree 100%. But you got to look at what Pittsburgh's going to think. If they're trading away Phil Kessel, who is a pointy game player, where are they going to get that scoring from? Jake Gensel. Gens- Gensel, you, so you got to hope that Gensel can just come right in and be a pointy game player Right away, right after signing his his new contract, I think he could. He was in the seventies last year. Yes. Here's the thing. That so that's a, but that's the so then that's the other thing. They had Kessel at a point a game. You have you know what you're getting out of Crosby and Malkin, and you're getting more scoring out of Gensel. Don't you think if Pittsburgh's going to trade away a point a game player, they're going to want another player who can score a lot of points to to complement those three right now? Not entirely, because the other thing that they want is cap relief. That and the fact and that, that they is spent why all of I, last year outscoring their is, defense and goaltending. And that is why if the Sabres want Phil Kessel and they're they're not and because Jeff Skinner left for free agency, they're gonna offer Nylander or Tage Thompson and the San Jose first round pick to do it. And obvious and they're gonna have to they're either they're probably gonna have to have Pittsburgh take a little bit of that cap too. Even though the Sabres can take it, some retain sal. Some you you're, you might need to retain sal- a little bit of salary on Castle because you have to remember too, he's 31 right now, and you never know when a forward is going to start to fall off. And he's got three years left. I would say this though, Castle's a great guy to take a, to make that kind of move with. But for Pittsburgh, if they're trading away one of their top six forwards, they're gonna want a guy who can fill that, who can come in at least a young, a young guy who could come in and take that spot or be a guy for the future in that spot. I could see it, but I also can understand why Kyle threw the name Rasmus Ristolainen at me. I could because Ristolainen, I I like the idea of Ristolainen as well. But for Pittsburgh, if you're Trading Kessel and for Ristolainen, are you talking one for one or like Ristolainen and like a pick or something? I think it would have to take a little bit more. My, my, I don't think it I would just have had to take a thought that of like more. an old-fashioned hockey I think trade. It would but have Ristolainen to take involved more. would involve less going back. It's not I think, three pieces for one. It would maybe be a two for one. You may not even have. I to think it would take more than pick. I think it would take. I think more it would than just Ristolainen. For me, I think it would be pretty much. Could I get away with trading Ristolainen and a second rounder in twenty twenty one? You, it probably would be that, be, or a second. Because you have two for because you have two seconds in twenty twenty one. Yeah, you can would, get away with that. Because, but for Pittsburgh, you're you're talking well cap relief. It's trading, but trading you you talk about getting cap relief. But yeah, if they're tr- going to look to trade Olimata, if one's coming in, they might want to move one out. Then they save over one and a half million dollars in the Castle trade, if this were to happen. Yeah, then they're going to have to. They already would have to make another move. To get more cap relief, and that and that that's why I would mention they would have to trade Olimata to do that because of what I was just saying about him. 
going for a young forward instead who's on an entry-level contract makes a lot more sense for for Pittsburgh because that's less that they would have to do. And that's why you I don't trade a six, idea. You trade a $6.8 million player and you get a guy in an entry-level contract back. Yeah. And that's why I don't hate your idea on that. I would probably do that. If that's it's Phil, the, I if think it's that's Phil a Kessel smarter for, move. If it's Phil Kessel for Alex Nealander and the San Jose first, I'm probably pulling the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh would riot. Yeah, they might. But you know what? They have a couple of cups. They they can deal with it. Actually, I don't know. People are kind of souring on Phil Kessel in Pittsburgh for some reason. That's what I'm saying. And and to the reverse side of your point, Frank, you say that you don't know when a forward could just drop off. If, think of that from the Pittsburgh side. Yeah. You have a homegrown talent in Gensel that you can put right into that rank where Kessel was. Yeah. A guy that came through your system, blossomed mm-hmm. just last year, who's seven, six years younger than Phil Kessel. Yeah. And you could – become a, a very more well-rounded team the biggest thing in the process i understand it would take a, another move down the road but they spent all of last season they they went far i understand their their playoffs ended souring against the islanders in that sweep but i i do have to give pittsburgh a little bit of credit it hurts me but they they found ways last year and it really pissed me off but they found ways <laughs> but they weren't conventional ways those games were five four six four Four three all the time because Matt Murray has taken steps back since since bursting on the scene against the Sharks in the Cup. He's taken massive steps back. Pittsburgh had a lot of confidence letting Mark Andre Fleury become unprotected in the expansion draft because they thought he would take steps forward and he hasn't. And yeah. they were constantly outscoring their very poor defense and lacking goaltending because when Matt Murray wasn't great, neither was Casey DeSmith. Yeah. It's just a lot of – there's a different machinations. I like your idea. I like our idea. There's a lot of different ways you can look at this. I don't think there's yeah. a wrong way, but a well, more well-rounded team. If you're the looking for Risto thing, Line for Kessel and Pieces, I think they would enjoy that more the because only, they have more yeah. promise on the back end than just Latang, who's going into his age 33 season. The only thing that prevents this from happening is Kessel has a no trade. It's a modified no, no trade. Modified no trade slash no movement. Yeah. And basically all that is is he has eight teams that he can say no to. Or no, eight teams that he'll say yes to. That's what – Did I read it wrong? Do I not have eyes? An eight, player submits an eight-team trade list. Okay, yeah, Teams I that he eyes. would accept to trade to. Okay. No, that's your one hitch in the road, so but you, – you would just sure. hope that the Sabres – you would hope that the Sabres will be on the list because of Bottrell for Kessel. Sure. And – you could also hope that he's a, he's a fan of Ralph Kruger. Yeah. Hey, Phil Kessel, I know you're not listening to this, but I'm declaring myself the Trade for Phil Kessel Club president. And with my fellow committee members, Frank R. Curry and Kyle Powell, I want to say, Phil Kessel, we have Salem's hot dogs here, dude. They're, we have a baseball field named after them. So yeah. They're so delicious. They're delicious. So if you want to embrace stereotypes again, I am – I'm here as the president of Trade for Phil Kessel Club to welcome you and bl- and buy you an entire platter of Salem's hot dogs. And Rick, is here. Rick is here. You get the real thing. In Pittsburgh, all you had was Heinz Field. Ugh, it's just the condiment. Now you get the actual dog. <laughs> See? You just you just stroll into a exactly. into a Schweggies and uh 
and pick up some hot dogs, and there it is. It's a Salem's hot dog, man. And they they don't play around. Phil, we got those hot dog carts that are on the corners. We do. Well, I mean, every city does. Yeah, but ours are better. Are they? Maybe. Just they, further hammer the be. point, though. They are in, indeed here. We have them. There, yeah, there's actually real. one right in front of exactly. your place of employment yeah. if you work for the Sabres. Yeah. There's a cart right in front of the arena <laughs> on game days and every day. You can just go ahead and walk out after practice. Enjoy a hot dog. And embrace the stereotypes <laughs> that someone decided to bury you with in Toronto. But, hey, he got his ultimate revenge on that story, so I'm all for that. Twice. Twice. But I am a huge fan of Phil Kessel. He's still, at 31 years old, one of the faster skaters that Pittsburgh has. He still has a deadly shot, and he also has playmaking ability still. He only scored 27 goals this season, but was a point-of-game player. Yeah, I was going to say 55 assists. Yeah. He can still get it done. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to tail off that quickly because, I mean, he doesn't play a very physical style. So he's one of those players that I think will last through the rest of his three years here at 6'8". Yeah. Obviously, you always want to be careful now, that, but... sub-question. If Skinner does resign, do you still try to take a swing like this anyway? No. No. I mean, at the price you would name for Phil Kessel, which would be... Nylander in a first? Is there really much downside to getting another top six gunner for your team and that giving you guaranteed depth scoring? You would have, at that point, you have to move a postal this summer then. Because you got to, because they have to. You don't have to, and here's why. They have here's the why. Ca- they have the cap space, Yes. Let's say, but let's say Skinner signs for eight five, for eight years. Okay. The Sabers right now have about twenty nine and a half projected. That's their projected cap space, and that's assuming the cap ceiling is going to be eighty three million, which is what the report is going to is that that's the, what the ceiling is going to be. It's going to be eighty three million, which would give the in turn give the Sabers about twenty nine and a half. You sign Skinner for eight eight and a half. You're already at, you're at 21 for cap space. Okay. You trade for Phil Kessel. That's bringing you down to 14.2. All right. You still have to re-sign Jake McCabe. You don't know how much he's going to want. Right. You you have to re-sign Linus Olmark. How are you going to handle that? Are you re-signing Olmark for like two, three years? He's and, an RFA. I, I know. Can, I can tender him. You can tender him, yes. You got, but you still got to figure that out, because you, you once again, how much is Omar going to want? Is he going to take uh, somewhere in the millions? Is he going to want multi, like two million? Are you giving him a bridge, a bridge like two and a half, three million dollar contract for like two, three years while UPL develops in Rochester? Here's the good kind of like what Corey Schneider originally got in Vancouver, but when here's he, the... he, before he got us before Corey Schneider got his six million dollar contract from from New Jersey. You also have to re-sign. You, you want to re-sign Evan Rodriguez. Yes. The thing is, is that I don't think there's really much worry with that with $21 million. Because if you make a trade for Phil Kessel, you're not going to free agency to fill any needs here. Are you? Any major needs. Yes. Exactly. I think $21 million is enough to play with. 
for what you have to resign. Because you're only going to resign one, if either, of Larson or Gergensen's. Probably not. Preferably neither. You're probably not resigning any of them. Exactly. So that's money you don't have to worry about putting into the team. I mean, you could out. They could absolutely pull it off. I'm just saying that there's enough money to play with it. That I'm. Look, I'm the president of Trade for Phil Kessel fan club here. A man can dream. But could you imagine a power play where you trot out Jeff Skinner, Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, Rasmus Dahlin, and name a person here, but then oh, on the second group, guess what? Phil Castle's rolling around with Casey Middlestat and Rasmus Ristolainen still quarterbacking the second power play unit there. And Victor Olofsson. And Victor Olofsson's hanging around. And Brandon Montour is there. Does that not sound a little more sexy oh, to you? I love. I would love it. Because what was one of the Sabres' biggest problems last year? Depth scoring. What would Phil Castle give you immediately? Yeah. No, you're right. All of it. You're right. Like the Penguins are a two-line terror. Yeah. Guess what the Sabres would have? Exactly that. Yeah. That would probably ease the transition for Casey Middlestat to becoming the 2C. Yeah, give him a guy like Kessel. That would really help. Give Eichel the pair of certified gunners and say, Skinner and Olofsson and put Reinhardt with Kessel and Middlestat. Well, let's play. (laughs) Hypothesis here. Skins and Kessel are here. Let's find out what needs. All right, Kyle's drawing up lines. like it. Well, with Kessel here, what do we assume is going back? Let's just, let's say it's let's take the cost of the Nylander in a first round pick. Sure. So no Nylander, we still got Risto. Yes. Still have Risto. Okay. But that's the other thing too. Are they? They still have a need. Do they still have a need for a center? A center or a winger? I'm looking. I, at it right would now. it would have to be a center. It'd probably have to be a center. It would have to be a center because if they wanted to, they could just sign a fourth line center. And middle set's your 2C, and Evan Arrigas is your 3C. Mm-hmm. Or they could trade Ristolainen for a 2-slash-3 center. Now, here we go. Skins, Eichel, Rhino. Okay. Top line stays with the same. I've got interchangeable. Sheary or Olofsson, Mitz, Kessel. Yeah, Olofsson, middle set. Kessel would make a ton of sense. But, okay, so but then, is Victor Olsen ready for second-line minutes? That's why I have him interchangeable. Okay. And that would all depend on so yeah. That would all depend on chemistry. But, but then again, there's a gunner in Phil then again, Kessel. Phil Kessel's there. For Casey Middlestat to feed. Yeah. So there's interchangeable. Then we'll go third line. Shiri, Olofsson, Rodriguez. Thompson. Poso, Thompson. Whichever you want. Yeah. Sure. Put Thompson there. Cool. Thompson. That's the one cool. I forgot. And then Oposo, fourth line right wing, you have... Larson and Gergensons. No. I wouldn't even have them. Yeah, they'd be gone. I think that uh, the I think they're looking at the likes of maybe Sean Malone trying to be the fourth center or uh, or Rasmus Asplund and uh, C.J. Smith. C.J. Smith would also fight for that winger spot on the fourth line. Yeah. Okay, so we got a youngster. We got a rock. If I ever have to hear the words Larson Gergensons on the same damn line again, I might have my head explode. Same line, no, but I same like what, team. I like what Larry did on the PK last year. Same team at this point. Gergensen's is Larson. Larson is Gergensen's. I know. Actually, I know. no, that's a disrespect to Johan Larson, actually. And then no, again, so, interchangeably so on the decor, Darlene Montour, Caber yeah. or Pilot in Risto, Caber or Pilot in Bogo, Scandella yeah, Seven. Bogo's not going to be starting the season. We neither got, is Pilot. Right, right, right. Well, neither the is Pilot, surgery. too. They're yeah. both. So then what, Scandella and Nelson? Yeah. Fine. Wait for the other guys to get healthy. Yep. So what are your JB. needs there? That's the thing. If you're trading, wise. if you're trading Ristolainen, and let's say you're getting a center to help help your forwards, 
then you would have you would and with both with Bogosian being out, you would have a need for a right shot D man or another D man on your right side. Yeah. Which turns into what? Free agency, Anton Strawman as a bridge guy. Maybe. Or they they hope for a, they rely on a youngster like Will Who's Borgen. Who's the big guy? Yeah, Borgen. And especially now with so in K- a perfect world. And especially now with Casey Fitzgerald and Jacob Bryson coming in as well to Rochester. I mean, if they make moves on with their defensemen, I'm not ruling them out as well. I always screw up Olofsson's name. Always. I think it's two S's. Yes, it is. I put two F's. But yes. I didn't mean to fail you. No, it's it's okay. But uh yeah, no, I, I think though that there's Look, a man could dream, and it suddenly doesn't sound all that unrealistic now, does it? How's that? No, not at all. Take that, Arcuri. Try to fight my dreams with logic. <laughs> I brought some half-assed logic. Take that. How much wing did Tage play last year? All of it. Was it all of it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Almost exclusively. Okay, good. Like, if he had to take a face-off... For someone to get kicked out, that's the amount of center he okay. played. I, I just thought I, I I thought that's how I remembered it. I was just making sure, because any less pressure you can have on that guy, yeah, for him to think about, the better at this point. And I think him playing in Rochester helped out last year to end the season. Mm-hmm. The way he uh, finished off strong there, I, I think that there's. I'm not going. I'm not giving up on Tage Thompson here. I mean, dude's been here only a year, and he's shown yeah. promise. So, yeah, that's true. Nylander would be would make more sense as the trade tar- as the trade candidate, probably. But if it's one or two of them, like I said, I'm not really losing too much between the two of them. I don't think there's I don't think there's an organizational fit for both of them in the long term future anyway. I think they'll use one of them as a piece to acquire. It can a player. be it depend it just depends on how you do it. It's their development, and I, and, yeah. I, and I see a similar player, a guy that is a gunner. Who has a strong shot? It's, just remember, it's not a bad thing. And is sometimes if, a defensively uh, liable player. I mean, sure, and sure. But what I'm saying is, if if there's two of the same thing, pretty much that you've got there, one just happens to be six six. You can use one as a piece to get something back. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, that's why I say there may not be room for both of them on this team because I think, I think there of their it, style. I think there is. It just like I said, I think it just depends on how you do it and what you're what you're trying to build because is it a bad thing if your top three right right wingers of the few going for the next five years are Sam Reinhardt, Alex Nylander, and Tage Thompson again I don't you could you can make that happen you could pull that off if you really trust that Nylander and Thompson can be though can be top consistent top nine forwards for you in that way where you and you can interchange those three however you need based on whatever else is going on in your roster. Once again, you've got a good thing going there. You don't just want to build a good top six; you want to build a good top nine, and you're going to need guys like that. Th- there. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, if it gets you an elite piece like a Phil Kessel, I'm okay with parting with one of them yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying, and that's why I think like the Sabers are a big piece away. From a postseason berth. I still think that big piece has to be a center. I don't disagree. What I am saying, though, is that one of those players is probably going to be what has to leave in order for that to happen. Probably. Yeah. It may also have to be Rasalainen, too. We'll see. 
And we'll see. But again, that's just my suspected theory on all of that. Yeah. All right. So, which one of you b-holes watches Game of Thrones? Is that either of you? Not Neither me. of us? None Not of I. us? No. None of us watch it. That is what I've established here. Nobody on the le- – here, breaking news. The uh, the Leftovers podcast cares not for your Game of Thrones. So guess what? I'm going to laugh at it without having watched it. Now, that's a dangerous precedent. I don't care. People are going to be like, what kind of opinion do you have on this sort of thing? Well, my opinion is this. You salty, bitches. You salty. I'm happy that this show does not exist anymore on the airwaves because of the amount of inconsistent bitching that I continue to hear on a constant basis about whatever season eight has been for Game of Thrones. It's such a disappointment. Look, man, the only people that I know that are more pissed off about what's going on lately with their franchise is Star Wars fans because, God forbid, that there's a woman leading role for Star Wars franchise, okay? No, instead, all I'm hearing now are about pissed off things about how things are rushed. Guess what? It happens. Just because something doesn't happen the same way that you want it to doesn't mean that you and 800,000 other people need to sign a freaking petition about rewriting the damn season because you don't like what happened. You know what? I don't like how the 1999 Stanley Cup Finals ended. You know what? I can't really do anything about that. I can be pissed about it, but that's it. That's a bad example. The city signed a petition. But do you see my point? I don't like how the Bills season ended against the Jaguars in the playoffs. Can we redo that? I don't like how the last 19 seasons of Bills football has played out. I don't like how the Sabres season ended after January. Can we go ahead and hit the reset button? No, you little freak. There's no reset button. That was a mystery men quote, by the way. Mm -hmm. Going deep on the references. But that's my point. Just because you don't like how something ended doesn't mean that it's it's necessarily a problem. I don't like what they're doing with Sonic the Hedgehog. They're still making the damn movie. Shut up. Just shut up about it. It didn't happen the way you wanted it because you had a theory and it didn't play out the way your theory worked out. Speaking of theories, we're talking about Phil Kessel. If the Sabres don't trade for Phil Kessel, do you think I want to restart the NHL offseason? Of course you do. But me bitching about it's not going to get me anywhere. <laughs> it's not going to do anything. All it's going to do is people just say, shut up. God, you're so annoying. Guess what? All you people, you're annoying. You're so goddamn annoying right now. Plus, that show follows the books, too. And guess what? They don't have source material to follow on this one. They had to wing it. Guess what happens? Sometimes when you wing it, it doesn't work out. Give them credit. Where credit is due. There were some great visuals that I see people just continue to be in awe about with the final season. From what I saw on Twitter, the shot of Daenerys walking and the dragon's wings behind, and it's just like, that's freaky. This bitch got wings of a dragon right now as she's walking walking toward the stairs. It's like... They had some great visual shots in this final season from what I've seen on social media. Maybe focus on what was good about the show instead of continuing to complain about what was bad about it or what you didn't like because, again, it was not what happened or what you wanted to happen. 
Maybe I should be like that dragon, Drogon, and just burn everything about it, because that's what happens here. Yeah, oh, whoops, that's a spoiler. <laughs> just take fire to the whole thing. <laughs> that dragon, the dragon had it right. All the people are wrong, the dragon had it right. Burn everything. Just so that I don't have to see you complain about it anymore. Holy crap. I've seen, like... And yes, I know I'm a hypocrite because I'm complaining about complainers. I've seen one scene from from Game of Thrones from this season. Just one. That's surprising because you're on Twitter. Yeah. You want to know what that scene was? What was it? The scene where Aaron Rodgers got burned to a crisp. <laughs> Actual footage of Aaron Rodgers playing for Green Bay behind that <laughs> offensive line. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've seen plenty on Twitter, and guess what? I don't have to watch a freaking episode of this show because I'm caught up on what the hell's going on. And that's why I'm saying, shut up! Let the cripple win the day. Good for him. (laughs) Just stop with this. You don't need... To constantly complain about something just because the theory that you had didn't work out. It's exactly how the Star Wars latest trilogy is working out here. Things aren't happening the way that they the way that fans wanted it to happen, and they're upset and pissed off about it. Yeah. Shut the hell up. They're not gonna rewrite anything. They're not gonna hit a reset button on this. Just stop. Also, how many damn reboots do you need these days? How many reboots? Is too many reboots? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Let's redo the entire season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, but good luck getting everyone back for that. They took their money and effed off somewhere. The good boy got his pets at the end. That's all that matters. Yep. Just stop. I didn't suspect my... Like, I thought I was going to make fun of this. It turned into a pissed-off rant. (laughs) Just, you salty, bitches. You salty. That's how it is. That's that's me. I'm just... I'm doing me at this point. Whatever. You don't like my take? I don't care. It's not the first time I've said something stupid or controversial or whatever. I was saying that it was no big deal that LaShawn McCoy accidentally spoiled Avengers for me. Whatever. It happens, man. If it doesn't go the way you want it to, that doesn't mean you get to go ahead and complain and think that you should redo it. You guys are sounding like New Orleans Saints fans. All right. Kyle. Welcome back. Yes, sir. Welcome back, by the way. Did you miss the fresh rants? Yes, I did. I was yearning. Yearning for it. Sometimes you often try to provoke me as well. And I've already got Frank to do that, and now I've got another one. Great. Oh, stop right there. That does not sound like me. Does it? Does it not? Does it not? But you know what does sound like Kyle Powell, though? What's that? His three ups? 
And three downs. Oh. Hey, we are back. Monday, May 20th for three ups and three downs. A brief hiatus. Let's start with the... Hang on. Before before that, should I have asked you to do six up and six down for missing last week? Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, don't give him that much work. A makeup <laughs> test. Don't give nah, him that much work. we're good. Let's start with the downs. So we're ending on a little bit of a higher note. How's that? We'll switch things up. Okay. Look at start you. Start with the downs. Uh, down number one, uh, the Seattle Mariners. In brackets, I have sad face. Yeah. They were 13-2. and two. MLB best through 15 games since then. Last 34, they are 10 and 24. Yeah. 23 and 26 overall as we are almost through the month of May, and they still They're... hold the longest playoff drought in the Big Four sports going back to 2001. Does not look promising in the Pacific Northwest as we head into June yet again. For I feel bad for King Felix. The Mariners, yeah, I do too. Career wasted. Down number two, this is fun. The Mets, in brackets, <laughs> big yikes. Five straight losses for New York, including they totaled they totaled three hits all weekend between Saturday and Sunday against the lowly 13-win Marlins. One hit Saturday with nine strikeouts, two hits on Sunday, eight strikeouts. Robinson Cano is under a lot of fire. I don't know if you saw any videos surfacing. From yesterday's game, he had a chopper in front of the plate that he thought was foul with a runner on first base and one out. Did not run out of the box. Protested the foul ball. In the meantime, Marlins catcher throws to second base. and <laughs> Miguel Rojas, the Marlins shortstop, I think could have walked the ball to first base for the double play. Yeah, Cano's under fire from the media. So is man- manager Mickey Callaway. His days are reported to be numbered. We will see. Not good in Queens yet again. <laughs> as another season seems to be flushing for the New York Mets. Hey. Down number three, Joey Votto. This is kind of sad to see. 208 average, four homers, and eight RBI through 44 games with a 323 on base percentage. Not very Joey Votto-like. That is over 100 points lower than his career average of 424. Same goes for his slugging percentage in Cincinnati, 340. That's nearly 200 points lower his career average at 524. Per season for Joey Votto, he's been doing it for almost a decade, but he seems to be showing some age at 35 years old. The Canadian, not looking great for the Reds. And those are your three downs as we start with them, and we'll go to the ups as we uplift the voice. Up number one is the Cubs are proving me wrong. Go Cubs. There you go. I uh, projected them to miss the playoffs, I believe, this year. They started off 3-8 and eight since then. They are an MLB best 24-9. and nine. Welcome to the Leftovers Podcast team. Yeah. yeah you, you're not truly a member until you really get something wrong. Yeah. I, like, the NFL, like the NHL playoffs in the first round. Yep. <laughs> they seem to have gotten the Cubbies wrong. Their first two weeks were not pretty. They thrashed around the Nationals this weekend. Chris Bryant hit three homers on, oh Lord, Friday night, I believe. They are now 27-17. and 17. Up, I believe, tied or a game ahead, half a game ahead of the Brewers in the NL Central. Up number two. Game and a half. Vlad Jr., boys. Yes! All right. Wrote a piece on him telling people not to worry last Saturday. He goes out. Four homers in the week, nine RBI. Hit his first homer in San Francisco on May the 14th. Doubled his fun later in the game. Hit his second career homer, first two-homer game. Got him off the schneid. Since then, 
He has four homers and nine RBI, and he is seven for 21 for a 333 batting average since the 14th of May with a three to one walks to strikeout ratio. Good for Vlad. Yes. Let's go. Yay. Up number three, a name you may not recognize. Why did you save that one for up number three? I don't know. The reception we got for that yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know. Up number three, <laughs> Josh Bell. Pittsburgh Pirates first baseman hitting 333 this year, 14 homers, and tied for the MLB lead with Cody Bellinger with 44 RBI in 44 games. His career high in homers is 26. He set that back in 2017 in 159 games. Folks, he's already passed the halfway mark. For that career high in 115 less games. Oh, dang. So go Josh Bell. And there's your three ups. Nice. Go Pirates. All right. Not a great so, season in Pittsburgh, but go Josh Bell. Nice. There yeah. you go. So I've, I've got I've got a to end this podcast. I've got a one up and one down. Woo-hoo. Ooh. One down. I'll let Frank take care of the one up here. It's, you, you have the story pulled up. That's why. Oh, okay. It's good news. Yes. It seems like it's good news. Uh, but here's the here's the one that I'm technically counting as a down. Nate Geary and I have the same wavelength right now. Nate put up a poll. Who complains more, Game of Thrones fans or Yankees fans? <laughs> right now, I think the vote should be swayed towards Game of Thrones fans. It is, actually. Yankees on fans his, have on nothing to complain about these Yeah, things. no, they're, they don't. They're, they're, they're first fine. They're in the AL East with a freaking ball club. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you know, it, it's interesting that that happened. But the the bad news in this for me is that Nate and I are uh, are on the same side on this. I don't know. Maybe should I change my stance? No, I had a rant on that. I've gone too far. Plus, there's going to be something that you and Nate are just going to argue about. I'll just make fun of him on Saturday and make yeah, a stupid open about something. Exactly. So uh, I'll make get that a game, out of my make a stupid Game of Thrones open. I need to talk to Gary. <laughs> and the one up is women's hockey players have announced the creation of a new players association with the main priority of forming a single and unified league. That's coming from Julia Cruz of Sportsnet. Yes. And that seems like a, a step in a direction for a unified women's hockey league. Yep. I mean – the NWHL just lost the professional support of not just the Sabres, but the Devils. So, you know, maybe maybe we see some changes in the short future here because it, it seems promising that there's already a step in that unified direction that these players wanted to take when they announced their boycott of all professional leagues in North America. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. So this one, this has my attention. I like this. All right. Well, this has been the Leftovers Podcast here on WGR550.com. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And Kyle Powell, who would like to remind you that it is the 44-year anniversary of the Fog Game. Yes, it is. The instigators, had a, uh, the instigators had a poll. Is that the most famous Sabres game in history? And uh, I have a certain... Game six Stanley Cup finals loss that might be more famous for probably the wrong reasons. It'd be infamous. But Don't it's still but it's still more known, is it not? 
Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think of that before known. the fog game. Yeah. It's also the most recent Stanley Cup Finals game that they've played in. Another reason I think it's okay is because they called it famous, because it was a win. Infamous. Yeah. Interesting. They may, be, they may be two different categories, but, but I can then see again, the wavelength you're on. But then again, I could also see one of the more famous games, jury seven seconds left against the Rangers. Sure. Force overtime. Mayday. And that's recency bias, but then there's Mayday. There's... Game five against Ottawa. Dave Hannon. Yeah. Like, there's there's plenty that you can go on. So, I wouldn't say that it's the absolute end-all, be-all, m- most famous Sabres game. But that is for you to decide. And that's not for us to do because we already put up enough of your time. But I got to get back on something here that uh, I haven't done in a while to end the show. Um, 11-day power play. Frank and I, we play twice. Or I'm playing twice. I don't know if Frank's playing twice. He's definitely playing once. I've got my page up. It's a pinned tweet on my Twitter, at Kramer 49 Mine is up, too, as a pinned tw- pin tweet, at Frank R. Curry. And we'll be sharing it throughout the coming days as we still are a couple – we're a little bit more than a – I think we're just about a couple months away from uh, from puck drop. Yeah. For the 11-day power play, the 5th to the 15th of July. So be sure to be down there at Harbor Center supporting not just us, but everyone else out there and uh, help us raise funds to take the fight to cancer as all proceeds benefit Camp Good Days, Make-A-Wish Foundation, and, of course, Cancer Research at Roswell Park as well. So we'll be sure to share that in the coming days as well, continuing to stay strong on that. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. Who knows what we have to end up stumbling upon, and who knows what kind of pissed off friend I might be on. As the dragon does, burn everything. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.